Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is episode 176 of the Distraction Pieces podcast, part one. Um, these It's a two-parter from the, the Dublin Podcast Festival that we went and did a little while ago. Essentially, it's a two-parter, but it's also kind of a five-parter because there's a continuation over on the Hardcore Listing Podcast, which is already out. But anyway, for now, I'll tell you that part one, yeah, it was, I mean, the crowd was amazing. It was uh, the Tivoli Theatre, amazing turnout. It blows my mind that people had come to these things. And I always have a surprise guest or two. And on this one, I had a blind boy from the Rubber Bandits, who's a legend. If you're not familiar with the Rubber Bandits, their music is wonderful and hilarious. Blind boy has a, 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 a book out now that's, I think it's The World According to Blind Boy, or something along them lines. Um, I should know, but check the book out. It's available on Amazon. It's available in bookstores, all that kind of thing. I recommend it highly. He started to tell a few of the stories on his new podcast. His podcast is called The Blind Boy Podcast. I recommend that too. But I can't wait for the book. I've I've ordered it and I'm waiting patiently by my mailbox or or, or letterbox as I live in England, not America. Um, yeah, so that's the first guest. And then I have Chris and Stu come out. Um, I, I won't ramble to too much as ever we're brought to you by speech development com. if you're a regular listener and a fan it'd be cool if you go and have a look and see if there's anything that you want to buy kind of you get this free entertainment every week it'd be cool and you can go and rate and review i never ask i asked for ages and then i asked people not to rate and review but now they've done the update on itunes it's easier for me to see ratings and reviews and i've got an average five out of five are rating so i'm hoping that you guys will keep that and go and give hilarious reviews and comments and, and take the piss out of me but yeah anyway that's all all nonsense speech development com is where you can buy my book my dvd all sorts of other stuff christmas is coming it'll be a cool time to spend a bit of money on stuff like that and uh i'm going to give you a lot of podcasts between now and the end of the year so Anything you fancy chipping in is wicked, but no pressure to if you can't afford to, obviously, obviously, obviously. Let's get into this episode, eh? Um, it's a two-parter, so I'll tell you more at, on the outro, because there's other ones as well. So, well, we talk about it in this one. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together, please, for the one, the only, the man, the myth, the compulsive podcaster, Scroobius Pip. You all right? How is everyone? In my head, a thunderstruck by ACDC was going to be about ten times louder than that. And it was going to be like that. That Microsoft launch video where it has all the nerds kind of just all dancing to start me up and stuff. And I was going to come out and dance and stuff, but I couldn't really hear it, so I bottled that. Um, how are you all? This is lovely. Thank you all for coming along. Um, how many of you have been in this theatre before? Not many, like f- five of you. And how many of you have been in it as a grown-up? Because apparently this, this used to be somewhere everyone came as kids to watch weird stuff. 
Well, I'm glad you all found it. It's a, it's a bit out of the way, isn't it? Has anyone got any idea what's happening tonight? <laughs> I know you haven't, because we figured it out about ten minutes ago backstage. There's going to be two halves, and the live shows in general involve you guys. And what we do, rather than passing a mic around the crowd or anything, we get you to form a queue, and you come on stage, and you sit down and ask a question or have a chat. And that's kind of the bulk of the podcast. But, but that's, that's going to be in part two. In part one, I'm going to have a couple of guests, um, and then we'll have a little interval, and then, yeah, we'll all chat. Does that sound okay? <laughs> Lovely. Well, before we get, get, get going, at the live ones, I always try and think of some stuff to talk to you about first. And Ireland... Genuinely, I've said this online, and some of you might not have believed me, but we weren't going to be doing any, any live podcasts at, at this year. But on my touring days, we'd end every tour in Ireland because it was always our rowdiest crowds and one of our favourite places. And we came early on and played in Galway and, and, and Limerick and all over the place. And yeah, it always meant the world. And when we played in Galway, I went in an HMV there. And because over here, albums came out at the weekend, I think it was, instead of Monday in the UK. It's the first time I walked in a record store and saw one of my records on sale. And it just meant the world. It was like genuinely the first time I got to walk in and go, oh shit, I've got a record out. And then one of our songs came on in the store and I felt really awkward and just kind of went, <laughs> I'm going to go over here now. So yeah, that's kind of meant that Ireland has always meant a lot to us. Um, another reason it's always meant a lot to me is because Ireland is the only place that someone has tried to sell a sex story about me to the newspapers. <laughs> it's so funny. I still don't know if it's true. I mean, I know the, the sex was true. I was there. Um, but a, a friend told me that a friend of his was working at the Irish Sun, I think it was. And he was like, look, my mate has let me know that someone tried to sell a sex story about you. But he's, 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 he's squashed it. He's covered it up. And I was like to my mate, like, well, thanks. Or I don't know what, I don't know what the story would have been. Because the thing for me was, I've never been famous enough for a sex story to be, like, newsworthy. <laughs> like, unless I was doing some really fucked up shit. <laughs> Unless, like, she came back to my hotel room and it, like, seemed empty. And then she saw a chair in the corner and was like, hang And in the back of the chair, she saw some eyes. And then an erection coming out of the chair. And it was like, mildly famous rapper Scroobius Pip is into kinky sex, dressed up as a chair, being, <laughs> being sat upon until he achieves orgasm. Achieves. <laughs> Like, it's a game. And <laughs> like, when you unlock things on Xbox, it says you've got an achievement. Like, you have achieved orgasm. Continue or exit. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that amused me that it would have had to be really dirty. But equally, I mean, I, I don't think I'm famous enough even if it was cheating, but I was single. So the news story someone tried to sell was touring musician sleeps with someone. <laughs> It's like, oh, fucking hell. Slow news week. Um, it, yeah, I, d I don't think it would have worked that well, but um, thankfully it was covered up until tonight when the truth has finally come out that not only am I into 
dressing up as a chair and being sat upon until I achieve orgasm. But I'm into it so much, I take that chair costume on tour with me. Um, and I have one chair costume to match the Travel Lodge chairs, another one for Premier Inn chairs, just to really get the ruse going. Um, so, yeah, on these, the, in general, the plan at these, as I said, is for the audience to be involved. But also, any time I do them, I put a bit of an open invite to anyone I know that's in town who wants to come on and have a bit of a chat. So, I'm going to take a seat behind this press conference-looking table. I, I thought I'd, I'd walk around at the front to make you all relaxed, because it's suddenly, look at this, look how serious this feels. Okay, guys, we're going to have a talk. Um, how many of you are angry at me because I'm, I'm drinking g- gin and Pepsi Max? That pisses people off in London and Essex. I can't imagine how angry you'll be in Dublin. It's, de- de- it's a delicious drink, though, and it's called a Scroobius, so you need to get on board. I invented it. So, yes, I will, I will welcome my first guest, um, Ireland's own blind boy of the Rubber Bandits. <laughs> I mean, he was finishing a fag when, when I started. Bl- blind boy? <laughs> hey, man. I was legitimately drinking a can backstage and not listening. How are you getting on? What's the crack? Um, how disappointed were you when you saw our rider of, like, posh ales? Very disappointed. There was a very poor selection backstage and I managed to rustle the Magners out of them. It's good, though. Which is tan beer. I wanted a Bulmers. <laughs> um, a, a rather disappointing rider. Yeah, you had um, some English stout. Some English stout, some gin, some Pepsi Max, a lot of crisps and biscuits. A lot of crisps and biscuits, yeah. No, no hookers, no hard drugs. And no light Heineken or anything Asher like that. The fucking night is young. It's grand. It is. It is. Um, and you also you str- you struggled to get in because it was it was just a struggle here. You kind of had to sneak around and. Well, I mean, as you can imagine, I don't walk up to a venue with a bag on my head. <laughs> so I'm just some lad in the foyer saying I'm on stage and like who the fuck are you? I can't say. So it, it is. Um, it's a it's bit. What... It's odd. It's wonderfully mysterious and a situation that escalates if you put a bag over your face to prove it. the thing. What am I going to do? I don't know the person knows who I am, so if I put the bag on, they think I'm going to fucking rob the place. (laughs) So uh, so how have you been, man? You came on the podcast about a year ago now. You've been nice and busy? I suppose so. Hold on, I'm going to take my hat off. I only wear the hat for sure, but like, like, plastic doesn't have a frame of reference for cotton. (laughs) So... (laughs) It always kind of slips off, you know. <laughs> I've been good. I, what did I do? I wrote a book. You've written a book? Yeah. It's, it's, this is an advert. This is an advert, by the way. This I'm is an advertising advert. my book. It's, it's called the, the Gospel According to Blind Boy, because it's a lot of lies. <laughs> it's a lot it's of a, short stories, right? It's, yeah, 15 short stories. And um, it's, uh, I'm very happy with it. I have to say, you now, I'm so happy with the piece of work that yeah. I don't care if someone likes it or doesn't like it. And that's the best thing that uh, we'll say an artist can say is that if, if you do something and I'm like, I don't give a shit what anyone says, then I know it's good. I couldn't it, agree more. With, 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 uh, with my up and down record label, genuinely, anytime someone asks me how record sales are, 
I haven't got a clue. Because yeah. up until, like, like when we're sorting the artwork and when we're sorting the mix and the master and the album, I'm hugely excited. As soon as we've done that, we've kind of achieved what we set, we set out to achieve. The, the, the creating it is the achievement. And it's like, all oh, right, is it sold? I don't, I don't know. Do you, I really... do you find that with that, right, that it's almost disappointing? Like when, when the finished piece of work is done and it goes out there, yeah. that there's this existential malaise. Do you ever find that? What, that you've, that, that, that project is finished, that yeah. journey is over. That, that's what I felt like when, when, I, when I finished the book. Writing the book was so rewarding that once it was done and I had it in my hands, I was like, oh, fuck, my, my life is meaningless. You know yeah. what I mean? Can well, I have another book, please? A, a Fernando Pessoa used to say that he, 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 he never finished anything, not because he was lazy, not because he couldn't achieve, but because he was a perfectionist. And he was like, I, it's never done. You know, it's, I, 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 any project I feel is finished is a project I've given up on that rather could, than that completed. That could be a, a terrible fear of failure as well, though. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, that, that's the, the biggest enemy of anyone creative is, is a failure and your attitude towards it. And I think um, yeah. to be successful creatively, you have, to, you have to take failure on as not a bad word. Yeah. If I look at anything I've done, like th- this book that I'm happy with, when I look at it, it's nothing but the product of several failures. Yeah, completely. Do you know, f- failure is a, is a wonderful thing to embrace if you're in any way creative. I couldn't agree more. I, th- I think the, uh, one of the keys I've always had is the key for me completing a project is a project that I don't want to do more. If yeah. you know what I mean. So I'm like, well, yeah. I can't work on that today. I'm going to work on this. And it, it motivates me through and, and pushes true, me on. Yeah. So it is those, yeah. And again, anyone... You guys have done a load of stuff and always kind of creating, and people will be like, "Oh, you do so much," but they don't know about all the stuff you've failed at and all the stuff you've thought about doing that hasn't worked and tried and haven't got. F- the one thing I'll say: with. anytime something we've done that has like it's fucked up, it's it's always been someone else's fault. Yeah. No, I can genuinely say that. You know, anytime we've got full creative control, we're grand. But there's a there's a television network in Ireland called RTE. Yeah. So when I do things on RTE, it tends to be a failure because of other people being cunts. Yeah. Do you know? But if they leave us to our own devices, then it's grand. How was it... Oh, working with Channel 4 on the stuff there, did that feel that you got on the right wavelength and it worked, or did you feel that they were also I, I would... Cl- like, I was only a young <laughs> fellow when I did that. I know that we were only two or three years into our career, and we did... Um, it was the first time... It was a success, right? Because it's the first time I was able to write 30 minutes of television and yeah. get it on TV. Yeah. But when I look back at it now, I do consider it to be a failure because it, it, I wasn't speaking from the heart. Right. I was listening to commissioners who had an idea about what we are, telling us what they would like us to do, and me trying to fit into that. Whereas what I want is, is just whatever my heart is telling me. When I was writing this book, it was, when I was writing a story, it was like going into a cinema and watching a film that was made specifically for me reveal itself to me. Yeah. Do you know? That's beautiful. I, I, think, I think it's tough with the way, I guess with the money that has to be in TV now, I think it means a lot of the, the balls have dropped out of TV because... Yeah, there's no but, uh, money left. I mean, pretty much, if yeah. you want to do TV now, you better have a Netflix special or fuck off. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, completely. It's the truth. There's nothing. There's no... If you think back um, 25 years ago, like amazing television, like Reeves and Mortimer. Yeah. Where's the Reeves and Mortimer now? Yeah, completely. There's none. I mean, you've got like panel shows and stuff where there's an occasional giggle, but I want Brass Eye. Yeah. Do you know, it's gone. It doesn't exist. There's no longer... You're, it's a bit like uh, the music industry too. You, you can, you're either independent and, and not uh, commercially successful or you're massively successful. But yeah. the in-between is, is now disappearing. Like, I'm a huge fan of uh, Frank Zappa. Yeah. 
Like Frank Zappa is, thank you for the woo. I love Frank Zappa very much. I enjoy, I enjoy Frank Zappa very much. But he's doing some mad shit. And I don't think Frank Zappa could survive today. But yeah. back then, he was actually able to sell a million records because there was no choice. If Zappa released a record, you had no choice. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, Lou yeah. Reed has got an album called Metal Machine Music. And this album that Lou Reed released, he was trying to get out of a record contract. He'd, uh, there was two albums left in his contract. I think it was with Sony. And he was very angry. So what Lou Reed did is he simply left his guitar on the amplifier for two hours and <laughs> recorded the feedback yeah. and re- put, pressed it to fucking vinyl. And it was a bestseller simply because it was Lou Reed. There was no uh, internet. There was nothing. You had to buy it. Yeah. Now it's been seen as um, like... Uh, a pioneering example of noise music yeah. despite Lou Reed going no I left my fucking guitar on an amp it feels like a pioneering example of tr- trolling people it's trolling a, a but tricky the, can you well you've got to buy it to hear it in a ah, way but there's shit. a part of me one of the things that breaks my heart not breaks my heart but one of the things I don't like about it is there's a small bit of bad faith in that okay you're fucking over your record company in a very funny way but at the same time you're kind of fucking over the listeners too yeah. You don't go from walking a wild side to two hours on my guitar on an amp while yeah, I'm smoking yeah, yeah, a fag yeah, out yeah. the back. Yeah. I, you know I, I, I did... At one time, I agreed to do a charity single. Yeah. And it was a re-recording of... Oh, oh, what's that track that's just silence? What's that dude's oh, name? Oh, Philip... Not Philip Glass. John Cage. John Cage. 444, 444 yeah. yeah. And... I do a great well, version of that, man. <laughs> When I was asked about it, I was like, oh, this is kind of bullshit, it's kind of pretentious. But it did then, I loved, because they were getting a load of... What was the charity for, by the way? It was, a, it was I can't even remember. <laughs> I hope it was for deaf people. <laughs> I wish it was. But because they were getting a load of celebrity musicians, and they were like people from Madness and stuff like that, the thing that I was then buzzing off was, that is actually, these are all people who were probably never all in a room together and yeah. silent. And that was something and that, doing, doing that became all. something that was genuinely, I thought, this is special. And it was kind of shit because it also became a reflection of how society has changed since he did the original one, Cage did the original one, because the silence was re- re- regularly broken by um, shutters on cameras. And coughing of people in the taking audience pictures. and clapping, yeah. Yeah, so there was this silence and there was this amazing weird thing of people who never shut the fuck up um, all being silent in a room, but that was being broken by... Yeah, or, or like if you ever watch a live performance of John Cage doing 444, people, can't, they're unable to be completely silent. And yeah. the, the beauty of it is, is we have difficulty with silence. Do you know, like, the, do you know the awkward silence you feel when you just meet someone, you're having a conversation and there's that shit moment of, oh, fuck, what am I going to say? Yeah. John Cage was like, I'm doing that for fucking four minutes in yeah. a theatre. With, lo- and the with loads place, of you there. With loads of you there, and nobody can handle it. Nobody can handle the sheer silence of it. But what's beautiful about the example that you said there, with like, you know, having madness in people, it's like what you're listening to is the potential of what could have been. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. They could have thrown fucking Bob Marley on it as well, or Kurt Cobain, because they're dead and it doesn't matter. Yeah, 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 yeah. They could have had, had a two-packs hologram. Mm. I don't know if that makes a hum when they yeah, fire it up. Yeah, two packs hologram. Just have him doing nothing. Just standing just there. Just chilling there, arms crossed. Yeah. All angry. Um, I want to go back to as well. I think for, for me, one of the things that has not fucked up all TV, because I think there is still good TV being made, and yeah. I think we are at a 
time when, because of the way digital is, people are willing to take more risks because it's not a case of will this be popular at Tuesday night at 8pm? Yeah. I mean, it's not finding a slot for it, it's making it and seeing if it works. But the thing that I think has fucked up for me is the the US thing, and it's started to come over a bit as well, of pilot season, of making a pilot and seeing if the people like it. And for me, it's like, well, no. Number one, if you're a commissioner, you should have the taste and balls to be able to choose and commit to it. And number two, someone should be able to see their vision through. You can't go, oh, we're going to make one, and do you like it? Because that, that sh- you're not going to make anything great if you're trying to impress everyone in the first scene. No, and the as first well, ten minutes, most if you're building pilots, any art. Most pilots of anything good are shit. Oh. Because look at like it, even if you look at the first step. Actually, no, the wire had a first good pilot, but like I, I, a piggy I, I put the wire on. I put the wire on, and I stopped t- uh, ten minutes in to make sh- sure I'd put the right disc in. Oh, because I thought I started yeah. on this too. Because it felt like I wasn't the beginning of a series. I was like, oh, is this? And I fucked up before because. When Jackie Brown came out on DVD, it was a two-sided disc. Yeah. And we put it in the wrong side. But it's Tarantino. Oh. <laughs> and we were all like, he's so crazy. So we just started halfway through the film, then watched the first half of the film. We're My like, friend was on an airplane, and uh, <laughs> they were showing Brokeback Mountain. But it was like uh, United Arab Emirates was the plane. So yeah. they'd censored out all the gay stuff. <laughs> and he didn't know what Brokeback Mountain was. So he just sat through the most pretentious film of two lads up a mountain doing nothing. Go off a mountain, come back down, had a yeah. lovely time. Yeah, pretty much. That's what they've done, and they put it on. <laughs> I love um, that. Oh, man. I hate that. I, I, but on the same plane, they had the full version of that film. Uh, you, you, what is it? United. The film about 9-11. About the plane crash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's okay to put the plane crash film on the fucking plane, but not the one where the lads kiss. No, can't have that. <laughs> can't have that. It's not acceptable at all. That'll, that'll freak people out. Yeah, too much. But I know, like, t- TV is grand. Like, I mean, the, the thing you did with Tom Hardy, that was fucking yeah, class. that was good fun. Really fucking good. We Actually, more of that. I can't remember the name of it, even though I watched it all. What was it called again? Taboo. 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 Do you know what I love about Taboo? What? Do you know um, the character of Butcher Bill in Gangs of New yeah. York? Yeah. I have a fan, not a fan theory, but, like, I get the feeling that Tom Hardy's character is like a prequel to Butcher Bill. Right. That he's going to head over to New York, and that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I'll... I like that. It's and w- the same kind of thing. And what was cool about that, though, because speaking to Tom when he was trying to get that made, is it was that same fear that you were saying about people fucking it up. And he decided he needed him, Stephen Knight, yeah. and Ridley Scott. If he had those three names, they would get the freedom that they needed to make yeah. it something good. You're not fucking if they Ridley didn't Scott, have like... them, even with just two of them, he felt the BBC or FX or whoever yeah. else would put too many handcuffs on them and say, no, you can't do that. But with those three names, it felt any TV station is going to be grateful to have them Absolutely. involved. Because Ridley Scott and Hardy particularly are generally doing huge movies yeah. rather than a TV show on the and BBC. And it shows. It's got a hell of a lot of integrity. It's fantastic. Yeah. It was scary as well, though, because when that came out, there was, again, that same fear. Because in this the day and age, you've got more lean way with TV, but if it's all up at once. Yeah. Because people will watch four episodes in a row and then decide if they like a series. Whereas the way Stephen Knight writes is slow builds. It's not... As we said, yeah. not trying to impress instantly. So they were panicked that you're going to watch episode one and be like, do I want to wait another week for episode two? And then yeah. when that comes around, do I want to wait? Whereas if you had it all on download, you'd instantly, you'd smash through four and go, this is great. Yeah. But that, that fear of those gaps. So it's mad that even people like Stephen Knight and Ridley Scott and Tom Hardy are scared of those same things because 
they're because humans, of those relations. Richie. They're humans. Yeah. I mean, the other fucking Better Call Saul. That's playing yeah. a very long game. It's hugely long game. I'm watching yeah. that for fucking three series. I'm waiting for something to happen. Like, but I'm like, do you know what I mean? Sir, I shoot someone. It's hundred percent true. It's easy. Am I watching a legal drama? Is that what I'm getting after getting involved in? No, because I didn't sign up for a legal drama. It's, it's, I want. It's better call Saul a prequel. Want, it is, isn't it? It's a prequel to Breaking Bad. Rather it is, than, but like it's three but, seasons in and nothing's so that's, happened. That's where they're mugging you off. What they're building up to is Breaking Bad. I know, but come on. And they know the payoff's great because everyone loved it. They're like, long game. And now, Breaking Bad. I want to see Gus Fring giving someone a headbutt. That's what I want to see. <laughs> Not interested in an old folks' home and the legal battles around it, as, as, as noble as that intent may be. I <laughs> drifted off of it because the, the novelty of going, oh, that's that guy wore off after like the first season I had a, a full season of yeah. going oh this is exciting that's him oh he's going to turn into him he goes on to do that and then I was like just, I'm just going to pop Breaking Bad <laughs> I watched it on a lot, of bad, a lot of bad Chinese hash once and I thought his brother was a witch and I swear <laughs> to fuck it made it a lot better because he was going around with his silver cape and I was, I was kind of getting a whitener so I was kind of trying to rationalise it and I'm going yeah his brother's a witch now I know his brother's a witch going to find out at the end his brother's a witch <laughs> <laughs> and I loved it. And, I, and I, I almost was writing an email to the producers going, I like that bit where the brother was a witch. <laughs> and then they fucking drown him at the end. Wouldn't that be good now? Well, have, have you watched American Vandal? I mean, you've American just, Vandal, you've just paid to come and watch us catch up in, in, in reality. But What's you, it about? American Vandal. It's a new one on Netflix. and it's, I love the name, man. It's great because it's a comedy. It's, it's, a, it's a mock version of making a murderer type thing. Okay. But... The crime they're trying to solve is this school kid has been expelled for spraying t- t- 27 cocks on the teacher's cars. Okay, that sounds good. And it's, it's great because the first two episodes, you're just like, this is hilarious because they're taking it so seriously. Genuinely, by the third episode, I'm like, well, maybe it was Sam. And, and like you, because, because they've copied that structure of how they do making a murder. And genuinely, I, I smashed it f- through it in three days because I was genuinely like, I need to know who it is. And the way they do it, they build someone up. Is this they pull comedy? Them down. Yeah, it's comedy. Oh, good, okay. It is a comedy, but that's, that's the beauty of it. Is At first, you're like, this is comedy, but it's puerile and stupid because it's just about cocks. It's 27 but cocks. G- generally, one of the big uh, revelations is they suddenly look and go through this particular bad kid's history of drawing cocks because he's drawn them. The reason he was, was fingered for it because he draws them on the boards all the time. And they're like, hang on. He always draws pubes. And the 27 <laughs> cocks on the car haven't got pubes. And they're like, this is a different artist. This is, and genuinely, it's stupid. But you're sitting there like, fuck, they're not, they're not his penises. That's not how he draws penises. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, it blew me away. And yeah, I've, I've watched it recently, so it's just been a little advert for it now. But yeah. Man, I'm watching it. that. Yes, well, before we... Uh, when you uh, said American Vandal, I was just thinking uh, fucking Colin Farrell inside in a, a phone booth just drawing on it. Like when... <laughs> Actually, that's the day. Have you seen that film, Phone Booth? Yeah. How long did he spend inside the phone booth and he didn't vandalise it once? <laughs> that's what made it a bit far-fetched for me. The patience. I can't go into a phone booth without vandalising something. <laughs> I once, um, I, had a, I was at uni and I had a breakup, and my mate had a breakup at the same time and he came round and said, oh, we need to go out. And we didn't go out, out drinking. But, oh, we went to my cupboard and, and got a couple of tools and went and smashed Every phone box in Wolverhampton. <laughs> that was our getting over a breakup. <laughs> so let's try and... And, and we, it stood to you 
to this day. It has. Look, look at you now. It's, up here. It's got through. But we made a challenge of trying to throw the hammer to go through b- two windows. So to smash one is something, but to try and get that Thor throw to go... And my mate Mark managed it once. I never managed it. I, just, I hope someone is going to be listening to this podcast and then they, they look back and they report at the Wolverhampton County. <laughs> that'd be great, wouldn't it's it? It's got to be a statute of limitations a thing, right? If, Not if, with, no, man, no. no. There's a bylaw by in Wolverhampton that says that there is no statute of limitations on phone box vandalism. Everything thing, else, you're grand. Genuinely. But that stand to you till your grave, man. Gen- They'll turn up at your funeral <laughs> for that. Genuinely. The other thing that night was we stole a road sign and it just stayed in my flat. It wasn't a big deal. And then. Where was s- it to? That's it. Six months later, I was moving to a new house. My dad came and, and filled up a van with me and we, we went to move to my new house and we couldn't f- find it. And then we went and filled the second van. The reason we couldn't find it was because the road sign that we'd nicked was the road I was moving <laughs> into. <laughs> So it wasn't signposted, and it was before Satnavs. I was just, just looking on the map going, no, it's not here. I don't know where this, this road is, so yeah. That's fucking amazing. My own fault. Weird, right? Before, yeah. Anyway, before we wrap up our chat, um, the, last, the thing that I've had the most requests since you came on and talked on my podcast was, uh, when are you going to start a podcast? So is that, is that a plan now? It is a bit, actually, because the crowd that do your pod- podcast, Acast. Acast, yeah. So, so the last time I was on with him, he was saying to me, speak to these Acast cunts. So I did. <laughs> and uh, what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to launch it shortly. Maybe next week. Why not? What's the worst that can happen? I mean, this won't be going out for a few weeks, so that could be any time. Uh, yeah. It's it the mystery of it. It could be last week. I don't know. But... Um, <laughs> A week. What I'm going to do is I'm going to use it as a medium to launch my book. So I'm going to record the short stories of my book and have it as a fiction podcast. But I'm also going to make curated music behind it. Amazing. Because if Roddy Doyle could write his own music, he'd fucking do it. Do you know what I mean? And it's it's genuinely the the beauty. I think the problem that the the fear I have with a lot of people making podcasts is they think that the only way to make it is slapstick and shitty and really simple and messy, like I do it, as I illustrated with trying to say that sentence, are really amateurish. But there's a podcast that that Edith Bowman does called Soundtracks. And because Edith's been in radio for years, it's a beautifully produced podcast about soundtracks. It's great. And the point of podcasts is meant to be that they can be anything. And it's now become that all podcasts have to start with going... Oh, have we started recording yet? Oh, yeah, we're, oh, uh, we're, yeah, oh, we're going, that. starting a mid-conversation. I do it all the time, but that's I become the norm now. The so. essence is, and we spoke about it backstage, right? It doesn't matter whether it's professional or unprofessional. It's that you're actually making this because you're passionate about it. Yeah. Whereas in radio, it's like, I'm talking about Pine Martins this week because a producer told me, and I don't give a shit about Pine Martins or their welfare. Yeah. I'll choke one if I saw one. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Whereas you say to me, do a podcast about Pine Martins, Yes, please. I'm very concerned with Pine Martins. <laughs> exactly. It's that thing of... Uh, the problem with a radio is... It's... Podcasts... Uh, a radio is asking for permission. Podcasts are doing it and apologising afterwards. Asking for forgiveness. Yeah. So there's that thing. It, it, there's so much in radio. It's like, oh, we probably can't do that. It's like, let's see. It's let's the dif- see. It's the difference between, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't always work. The difference between having sex with somebody you love... And paying for sex. If you have sex with somebody you love, it's going to be natural. It's going to be, you know, consensual, mutual. If you pay for sex, you're going to be getting on grand, and then someone says you've ten minutes left. (laughs) 
And that's what radio is. That is 100% what radio is. Ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for Blind Boy. I don't know. Someone popped it there. Someone left this on the table. You, you can't see it if you're listening, but it is a, a, a comic book called Savage Town, which I believe it's written by a fellow called Declan Shalvey. It's a comic book about my own home city of Limerick, which I'm, someone has left there. Thank you to whoever left this. God bless. Beautiful. Thank you very much, my man. So, I'm going to bring out another couple of guests for a quick chat. I won't keep them out here too long, because I say I ask if anyone's in town. I literally flew these two over with me, so I'd have someone to talk to if I got stuck. But then Blind Boy turned up, and it was much better. But um, for now, please, a welcome to the stage. My companions on the drunk cast and the hosts of Hardcore Listing, Chris and Stu! Before... Before I came on stage, Sir Chris did the little introduction. And before I came on stage, he was asking where he should sit. And I was getting really angry because I was like, dude, you'll see. You'll see. It'll be very clear where you should sit. Turns out what he meant is in the second half to watch. And I was getting furious. Just like, dude, just stop. Out. Like, we're about to go on. Stop. Are, just sit. You're, you're having a meltdown. Yeah. I was getting really stressed. How are you guys doing? We're all right. All right, mate. We've yeah. been with you all day. Are you, so you, you all right? Sort of... <laughs> Well, as I said, it's wow. going to be a 15-minute interval, so if you can all be back in 15 minutes... <laughs> no, not Thank really. No. Um, yeah, enjoying Ireland, haven't we? We've had a, we've had a laugh, haven't we? Uh, oh, oh, we had fun. a lovely dinner. Oh, meat, meat wagon. Meat Anyone wagon. had the meat wagon? Yeah. Seriously? Oh, oh. That's I, the shit. Yeah. 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 I got the yeah. meat sweats. You guys? Yeah, it was good. It was, yeah. it was, it was very enjoyable. So, I mean, you, are, you, are you guys are here for a brief chat? Mm-hmm. Tonight, but tomorrow night we're getting drunk yeah. and talking for hours. Yeah. So, almost feel like you're trying to hurry us off stage already. No, I'm not. No, I thought I'd get that in. In fact, no, I, I want to start with you've been to Ireland before. Yeah. You've not got any good stories, have you? None. Stu, have you ever been to Ireland? Uh, yes. Have you got any, any, any memorable moments with James Buckley? <laughs> any memorable moments? Yes, I have. Go ahead. I bought you. I bought you gin out and your Pepsi Max so you could have a, a Scroobius. Thanks, mate. That's all right. They all hate on my invention of the Scroobius. Oh, yet it's, it's you have drunk it numerous times, not on record. You're drinking it now. You drink it casually. Yeah. You, yet you all hate me on 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 tape. You're, you're you. a traitor, and uh, Stu. And I could hear people in the crowd wanted to say when you said if anyone's got any problems with that. People are holding back, definitely. <laughs> does the, honestly, does anyone want to try a gin and Pepsi Max? Does that sound good? It's, it's, great. it's as bad as it sounds. It's, it's an amazing drink, it's, it's, and it's also quite healthy. <laughs> um, it's l- low in f- fat and sugar. I think Pepsi Max is the one that gives you cancer, but that tends to make you skinny too, so... <laughs> every cloud? Yeah, every cloud indeed. But yeah, you've been to, 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 uh, to Ireland a few times, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. M- it's, it's... Mainly swooping in and out... For DJ sets with people, that though. makes it sound like I'm a jet setter, and yeah. it, you're overplaying me a bit there. Um, I was the dude from the in between as plus one, right? So, yeah, um, yeah. I just kind and of followed after him, him around. Yeah, yeah. I would kind of sort of try and yeah keep him out of trouble. Um, but we, we we we've done a few. We've been to Dublin a couple of times, and we've done Galway and Limerick. And I was talking to Blind Boy about that earlier. But we done Belfast, and um, it was a brand new hotel had opened where we were staying. And the promoter had said, oh, it's a lovely hotel, like, you can have a great night. And we, we, we left Belfast and we drove across to Cookstown. And, um, and we, we DJed in a club in there and it was, it was a bit rough. 
the, the club we, we, uh, we <laughs> was in. I think that's safe to say. And, um, and then when we got back, the promoter said, oh, is there any chance, like, um, my brother can come over? Because he's, he's drinking in the pub across the road from the hotel. Yeah. <clears throat> and he said, um, can my brother come over and get a photo? Because he loves the in-betweeners. And so James was like, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, no, no, no problem at all. And then I could see the pub through the glass of the hotel, and I could see that this pub was fucking rammed with about 300 people. And I could already see where this was going. There was one guy that was the manager, barman, concierge, the full fucking shebang. He was on his own, and he was running a brand-new hotel and was out of his depth. And I've just seen the pub shut, and like 300 people come out, all following this promoter's brother who's got this lucky card that swipes the door that opens the door to the hotel where Mr. Bus Wanker is! <laughs> the whole fucking place just descended into this bar and was going, hey, James, go on, say, say one of your things, say clunge. And he was just fucking petrified because there's yeah. 300 people like literally on him. And, uh, <laughs> and I sort of had to try and politely go, I'm just going to take Jay to the toilet. And, uh, and we was literally like, run. Went in our hotel, locked the door, separate rooms. And, um, <laughs> and then Adjoining door. They, <laughs> they fucking ransacked the whole hotel. They were just running through, just banging Fuck on every me. fucking window, just going, fucking Jay, clunge, blah, blah, blah. And uh, not content at that, because obviously he wasn't prepared to open his door and go, oh, hey, how you doing? <laughs> Smashed all the fire alarms, whole place got evacuated, 4am, just standing in the middle of Belfast, in our fucking gym jams. Selfies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, literally, it literally was, mate, yeah. yeah. Mate, that's insane. And, and the beautiful thing is, James Buckley, mm-hmm. his character, Jay, from the in-between, is his wild partying. James ain't like that at all. He's literally the, he'll get to the hotel and go and have room service. I'm the same, just to clarify, except for when I'm dressing up as a chair and being <laughs> sat on until I achieve orgasm. But yeah, he's not that guy, so no, I can he's, imagine he's, how he's painful loud. that would be. All the, yeah. Yeah, it's James. yeah, it was, it was pretty awful. Was I love it. Awful, yeah. I love to, it. This, this trip's been a right laugh. It's been it's, really good so far. I mean, we've only just, we've been here half a day, but we it's, had, yeah, we had, had a good fun. laugh. We've on had the a plane, lot of fun, didn't we? Yeah. And you weren't having yeah. fun on the plane, was you? No, I'm, I'm, I don't find, or <laughs> their humour isn't to my taste. <laughs> Um, so I was trying to read my book on the plane. We was um, making videos of ourselves doing singing different you were songs doing that, on Top You were doing Gun. that thing, weren't you? You were doing that, that thing. That's, thing, funny. That thing. that's really funny. Right. And so we was just <laughs> fucking around. He's reading a book. We ain't flying to fucking Vegas. We're flying to Dublin. It's like 40 minutes. There you are reading yeah. your book. Got a good couple of chapters done. Yeah, you didn't because I was watching. You were listening to us being, getting really annoyed. <laughs> I was not. I was blanking it out. I was oh, channeling white noise into my head to try and focus and read, and read stories. But yeah, we've been having a laugh so far. We're, not, well, we're, we're quite sober, which is rare mm, for us three to be sitting. Mm, tonight is a mild one, yeah. Fucked. So when we were asked, I was asked to come and, and, and do this, I thought, well, we should do the first ever live drunk cast. And if anyone's heard our drunk cast... They're an absolute mess. It's just us three sitting there and getting drunk until we turn the mics off, essentially. Um, or, last, or the last one, yeah. you walked out. Yeah. Um, Didn't your uncle croak or something like that? So I had to leave, or was it just because you... Thanks were... for bringing it up. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so actually, in between... He wasn't listening. Like... <laughs> in between episodes, Jew's uncle died. Again, he wasn't there, um, but he got a phone call about it. So we just kind of, yeah, we cracked on, but... Yeah. Stu you, left... You, you cracked on, didn't you? Okay, yeah, no, Stu you left because Chris was really bad at, at 20 questions. He... He thought he'd invented the game 20 questions. <laughs> and the only difference is it was more than 20 questions. 
just him asking questions until he guesses the name. But then it ended with you putting on a riot helmet and trying to do the worm, which then meant you smashed the ice bucket and poured a, a liquid all over your my new, new studio. Yeah, your new studio, so we trashed it. So. so we thought, why not bring that to a live audience? Yes. Um, <laughs> but genuinely, because we were genuinely concerned, like, I guess it's never happened, but if we do a drunk cast at mine and it's really shit, then we don't have to release it and no right. one knows. But if there's an audience there, but so you guys do a podcast called Hardcore Listing mm-hmm. and it's all based on top fives. That's right. Like you've had some, some good guests yeah. are, are picking some good, good shit. Who's, yeah. Who springs to mind? Um, we've had we've had recently we, we just we, did the Maccabees we've done the, the Maccabees on Monday we've done um, lots of lots of indie bands like Blue Tones Elastica we had Mark Moore from S Express Gal Porter yep. um, Gal Porter picked her top embarrassing awkward interviews yeah which included interviewing John Travolta running out of things to say so just starting to sing Summer Loving <laughs> until he joined in and then they just sang the Summer song. Loving together the, the full, full song, song. Beautiful. Even the falsetto bit at the end. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we thought we'd make it <laughs> a hardcore listing drunk cast. Yeah. So, so what we're going to do is we're going to have some top fives prepared to go through. Yeah. We're going to ask, if, in fact, on the audience questions bit in part two here, if anyone wants to suggest a top five that we should do tomorrow night, then, then do that. And yeah, we'll try and see how drunk we can get and how many... How many top five? Because well, we we're not coming through. on stage till half eleven. So that's this so is a car that's dangerous. Worrying bit. So and, fucking dangerous. Uh, originally, they said there's no curfew. Yeah. So, we're like, so, so we can just keep going until yeah. the authorities come. So these guys don't know, but the drunk cast bit almost didn't happen because um, they were asking a lot of venues and couldn't find anywhere that wanted to have us. Um, <laughs> and then they literally came back to me a week and a half ago. Stu was like, "Can we announce it yet? Can we announce it yet?" And I didn't want to say we've not booked it yet, so we. <laughs> We definitely can't announce it. And then they said, we've got this one place who's willing to let you go on at 11.30 until you're finished. Um, and I was like, fuck it. Why not? So we'll probably be quite drunk before we start, right? I, we'll I think fucked. that's a dangerous part of it. Because yeah. normally people, when they listen, they can get used to us getting more and more drunk. If we walk out there, yeah. we, me, if I walk out there and I'm blazing give, already. Right, no. Give the example you gave us earlier about that. Um, you're not familiar with this, are you? No, no one is. Anyone familiar with this saying? It's not a saying per se, but there's a... He said, he said, he said, massively. he said, when they, they watch us or listen to us on the drunk cast, they've got us gradually getting drunk so you don't notice as much. He said, it's like heating up a frog. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone heard that one? I'm not going crazy. Oh, fuck <laughs> off. Don't <laughs> you come, bollocks. Thank no you. No chance. You get a frog... Pop it in a saucepan. Can security take all these witches out, please? <laughs> <laughs> I've never... Don't do a Bradley, otherwise a hot tilt. Really? Exactly, exactly, I hear. And, um... <laughs> so I, I love the fact <laughs> you've got your mate front yeah. row as well. <laughs> Thank you. I'll pay you later. <laughs> um, yeah, so people normally get that. They gradually get into it, and as we start to slur... They're with us on the journey, aren't they? But, but we're going to come out... drunk is going to be a Yeah, mess. it's going to be um, but a tough one. again... This isn't an advert for it. This is genuinely us planning what we're going to do. The advert will come later. As you leave, Chris and I will be giving you the little CDs, which gives you little snippets of everything we've done before. And so See? listen to that, and if you like He's it, on it. Well then done, there you mate. go. Come but, along. Um, we were going through on the plane when I gave up trying to read my book because um, <laughs> you two were sniggering at the ideas you'd had. You're <laughs> such a dad. <laughs> yeah. I just... Captain Rock and Roll. I don't know. I didn't find anything that you said as funny as Chris found everything he said. (laughs) (laughs) 
So it just, it just, it wasn't for me. But a few things that we are going to go through. And my favourite one, are we going to try and pick our top five TV theme tunes? It's tough, mm. isn't it? It's exciting. Oh, no, wasn't it? It, it, was, it was TV intros, wasn't it? So it doesn't have to be the theme tune, but often that's how TV shows start, right? I don't know if anyone's ever watched one. <laughs> the um, fuck TV show have you got in mind? You've I don't obviously know. got a little trick <laughs> yeah, here yeah. in mind. Yeah, no, I guess it is always just a theme the tune. The bit where <laughs> Trevor McDonald says, oh, welcome okay, to look, the I'm news, then the theme through. tune comes in. By the way, he's sober. Half past 11 tomorrow night, mate. Watch that Do you unfold. tune in? Do you mean when all them programmes started with someone saying, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Princess Diana, Diana has died. Here's EastEnders. <laughs> <laughs> that can't be your favourite intro to a TV I show. I think I was getting confused. Fucking hate it, one of the other top fives we're going to do soon <laughs> is uh, movie intros. Like the best yep. opening scene. And I think I've got that, the wires crossed in my tiny mind. A childish Gambino pointed out that a lady die is one of the only people who um, obeyed her name. (laughs) Why has no one got that haircut anymore? (laughs) That's a cool haircut, isn't it? A lady Lady dies. That hairdresser, Nicky Clark, I think he's still got that haircut, hasn't he? Oh, and who's Um, who's the um, bird does all the sports events? The one with the really square head. Balding. Yeah, but She's yeah, gone for yeah, a diner cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strong yeah. look. You've so, had some powerful haircuts in your time. I'm surprised you've not asked for that. What were you going to say, um, <laughs> we would. Other ones where we're going to do is top five celebrities we wouldn't want get, to get in a scrap with. Mm-hmm. It's easy to think of top fives you'd want to have a fight with. Mm. The top Here's five you wouldn't want to is more, is more interesting. We, you selected top five 80s crushes. And you now, me and Chris no, he started years. with the 50s, didn't he? And me and Chris like... were born in the 80s, so we're literally like, that, that girl puppet on Playgroup. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. Whizbit. Whizbit, yeah, it was, it, was, it, it was tough. But yeah, we're going to do 80s and 90s, aren't yeah, we? Definitely, mm. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And what was else? Oh, what else was on our list? Music t-shirts. Music t-shirts, mm. band t-shirts. Mm. That's a good one, right? I mean, I'm just, just having a chat now can with you, you guys. Can, can you probably the answers? Um, is there anything else? Do you guys... I would like to chat or discuss before we uh, have a little interval. And then I guess we can say that if anyone that has, has checked us out on the back of ruining Pip's podcasts, yeah. um, thanks loads for, for listening. Yeah, that's kind of really yeah. nice of you. Yeah. And if you haven't, I don't know what the fuck's wrong with you. You should check yeah. it out. You're missing out. Yeah. And uh, yeah, hopefully see you all tomorrow. Yeah. Well, so are we going to have an interval now? And as I said, genuinely, the second half relies on you guys. So if you've got a question, I think we're going to do it I mean, I've not asked anyone in the venue, so I'm making this up now. We're just going to f- form a queue on that side. So it'll be a 15-minute interval, and we'll start again at like 25 past, half past. But if you want to start queuing at the end of the interval, and then we'll see how many people we can get through on stage and have a little chat. Is that all right, everyone? Well, lovely. We'll see you in 15 minutes. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to Scroobish Pips Discretion Pieces. There you go. So that is the end of part one. As we mentioned, the night after we recorded this, we went and did a live drunk cast. And that was really messy. We started at midnight in the end. It was meant to start at 11 and then it all got 
behind schedule. So, yeah, if you want to hear that, head over to the Hardcore Listing podcast. Um, those episodes are already up. It's a three-part. They're under an hour each. So it's about two hours, 45 minutes in total of us getting drunk on stage, essentially doing top fives because Hardcore Core Listening is a top five podcast, but the drunk cast is us drunk idiots. So we combine the two. Check them out. We'll be back. At, this was going up at midnight. Part two will be up at midday. You might already have, have both parts. Who knows? Anyway, if you have, just go on and listen to it. I'll see you in a bit. Bye.